Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Monday, February 14th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Happy Valentine's Day, Brad. Yes, indeed. W- will you be my Valentine? Uh, yeah, because mine, unfortunately, isn't here. My, my girlfriend is over in Utah, so <laughs> I, I'm in desperate need of a Valentine. <laughs> well, I, I'm also not there, Brad. I'm all the way in California, so i sorry I can't help you. Uh, it's fine, but we can be virtual Valentines. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's uh let's get into a little bit of sad news before we we start with the news today. I, I know we don't usually do obituaries or talk about deaths here on the podcast, but I felt like this is one that uh, I think means a lot to you. Um, Ivan Reitman, legendary director of Ghostbusters, producer of Animal House, has died at age seventy five. Um, and th- this happened last night, and I I, I don't know, kind of came out of nowhere because I didn't know. That he was sick, like he, he seemed like a. It doesn't sound like he was. Uh, the in the statement that was released by um, Ivan Reitman's children, including filmmaker Jason Reitman and his daughters Catherine Reitman and Carolyn Reitman, uh, this was un- an unexpected passing. He passed away uh, in his home in Montecito, California. So I don't I don't think that he, um, they knew that we, he was sick, even if he uh, was ill. So this was yeah quite a gut punch last night after uh, the Super Bowl. It just came out of nowhere, and it really is just a, a devastating loss. Yeah, I mean he is uh, gonna go no uh, go down as like one of the the biggest comedy directors of what like the eighties and nineties probably. Yeah, I mean, it's he. He's responsible for you know launching the careers of uh, on the big screen uh, for of John Belushi and Bill Murray. You know, both of them made waves on SNL, but they became even bigger stars because of uh, John Belushi in Animal House and Bill Murray being in Meatballs and Stripes, and then obviously eventually Ghostbusters. And uh, yeah, you know, Ivan Reitman just made waves uh, in comedy, making these big studio. Uh, movies that you know mixed high concepts with with comedy uh he also did um worked frequently with arnold schwarzenegger 
And yeah, just uh, did some incredible stuff. And even even as a producer, he was involved with um, a wide variety of things from heavy metal and Space Jam to uh, family friendly stuff like the first two Beethoven movies. And then, you know, a little raunchier comedy like uh, Howard Stern's Private Parts and Road Trip and Old School. So uh, he did a, a little bit of everything on the uh, comedy side. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just a real, real bummer. And it's uh, kind of, you know, bittersweet but nice that like the last project that he saw uh, to completion was Ghostbusters Afterlife, which had him working closely with his son Jason Reitman. So, yeah, and I, I, I still think it's uh, it, it's been too soon since that movie came out for to us to discuss. You know what role he played on screen in the movie? I don't but, think so. Um, I, I think it? it's I think it's fine. Um, oh it's yeah, not... it was in the first scene. It was in the first scene of the movie. Well, right. so no, no, no. So it's it's actually not. Uh, he doesn't play. Um, Egon. He actually just he was a stand-in for for Vankman charging up his proton pack. Oh, okay. For some reason, yeah. I thought he was Egon. Okay. No. Well, um, yeah. Um, so he was he was a part of that uh, part of like I don't know. That that was say what you will about Ghostbusters Afterlife, but um, it really felt like that was like a son father kind of thing, and that's um being the last movie he was involved in is is kind of. A uh, bittersweet ending, um, but uh, did you ever get a chance to talk to Ivan Raven? I did actually. Uh, one time during a, a Comic Con, I was able to to meet him. Um, he was doing uh, some some press because there was a new line of Ghostbusters comic books that were coming out, and so I, I got to speak to him for a little bit. And I actually was lucky enough to get uh, a Ghostbusters uh, variant comic signed by him. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was at uh, Toronto International Film Festival one year, and I ran into, you know, I was grabbing food in between between screenings at like some cafe, and I ran into his son Jason Reitman, who I had been friendly with, and he was like, "Oh, c- come sit down. I'm I'm hanging out with my dad." So I, I had like a, a a lunch with him and uh, Ivan Reitman, and Ivan was just like he had just seen Drive, and he was talking. He was just excited to talk Drive. Which is not a movie I would think that like Ivan Reitman. I don't know. I, I guess Ivan liked all movies, um, but yeah, the, it, he will be missed. And um, okay, let, let, let's move on. Let's move on from the sad topic and talk about the future of movies. Uh, let's start uh, <laughs> not, not with movies, but with TV. That was a bad transition on my part. Uh, let's talk about the Star Wars Disney Plus series Ahsoka. Last week on Friday, after we recorded the podcast, they announced some new casting for the show. Actually, it was uh, Boris over at The Hollywood Reporter. He always does his Friday afternoon newsletter. And he revealed that Ray Stevenson, who you might know from Thor or Vikings, he has been cast in an unspecified role in the show. We know that he's going to be a villain a lot of people, when this name first came out, were like, oh, is he going to be Thrawn? But no, we know he's not going to be Thrawn. Um, this will mark the actor's return to the galaxy far, far away. He did provo- provide a voice in the Clone Wars and Rebels animated series. More on that in a second. Um, so I I, I think the, the, the important thing here is that we know that Ahsoka... Or we don't know this, but we, we we speculate that Ahsoka, played by Rosario Dawson in the live action uh, series, is going to follow the events of Star Wars Rebels, which left us with Ezra Miller, 
or not Ezra Miller. Ezra, Ezra. What is Ezra's last name? Ezra Bridger. Bridger. What? Yeah. Sorry about that. Ezra Bridger uh, lost somewhere out in the galaxy, and her and Sabine have to get together and try to find him. Also, Thrawn is somewhere in the mix, so we know that Thrawn is going to be uh, a part of this as well. So, a lot of people are theorizing that Stevenson's character would actually be an admiral of some sort, but not Thrawn. And in Clone Wars and Rebels, there's this character called uh, named Gar Saxon who worked with Maul and his criminal syndicate before joining up with the Empire. And he was kind of like one of those people that, um, you know, was willing to work with who, whoever, <laughs> he'd be willing to betray uh, whoever he was working with uh, for, for the better thing or something like that. And um, do you know this character from Rebels or Clone Wars? I actually uh, I haven't seen the entire series run of either Rebels or Clone Wars, so no, I'm not. Ah, uh, well, basically, you know, Dave Filoni is involved, and Dave Filoni loves pulling from characters that he created in the animated series and putting them on live action. So I, th- I think this is a valid theory of of who he could be playing. So makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. Um, also, last night uh, the Super Bowl happened. I I did not watch it. I was, I was at Disneyland, which uh, you'd think would be empty during Disney, uh, during the Super Bowl, but it seems like everybody seems to think that. So it was very crowded. Uh, but I did come home and watch the trailers. Did you watch the Super Bowl while I was live? Indeed, I did. What did you think? Uh, it was a fun game. I was a bit bummed that the uh, the Bengals didn't come away with it, but like both of the teams are kind of underdogs in their own way. So either way, you know, it was going to be a satisfying victory. I, I think I just wanted the Bengals more because it had been so much longer since they'd been to the Super Bowl. But yeah, yeah, fun game. Pretty good round of uh, commercials and trailers. We were, were definitely very surprised uh, by one of the trailers that we weren't really expect um, expecting to see, I think, a f- so much footage from was that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to talk about that last because I think we're going to delve into the details, which uh, and speculate and stuff like that. And uh, it might uh, some people might not want to want to hear that. But let's start first with I think the most anticipated trailer of the 2022 Super Bowl, and that is for Amazon's The Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. This is the new series on Amazon Prime, and how much did Amazon spend? Like a billion dollars on the show, or something? Yeah, some exorbitant amount of money. 500, 600 million, something insane. Going into, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan compared to most people. I'm not a big fantasy guy, but I did enjoy the movies. I'm just not like Lord of the Rings super fan. But going into this, I was expecting, I was like, oh my God, they've spent so much money on this. I, I, out of anybody, can appreciate pure spectacle and epicness and i was just like excited to see this and when i saw the trailer i was i was kind of baffled by this trailer. and i feel like i i'm gonna be in the minority here but the the cg looked really bad at times it looked like a video game cutscene and in, in some of the some of the shots and i don't know it felt more hobbit than it did peter jackson's lord of the rings what were your thoughts on this trailer yeah, I mean, I I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think it's one of the uh, the best film franchises 
of all time. I'm not a diehard Tolkien fan. You know, I, I have read The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, but I'm not, you know, digging into all the appendices and things like that. I just, um, I mostly love the movies and the books. And I've been skeptical as to whether or not they can really pull this off because The Lord of the Rings really is a big screen experience. Uh, and The Hobbit somewhat sullied Middle Earth on the big screen in uh, that way. And so I just haven't been all that excited to see what's coming in, in this series, even though Amazon is spending a lot of money on it. And I think there's some gorgeous shots here, and I think that there's some compelling characters. But yeah, I, for for being the first teaser, I was expecting a little bit more. And for the CGI, you know, maybe it's still too early for them to have perfected it. You know, we've seen plenty of movie trailers where visual effects don't look all that great, and they, they do get improved in the, the final cut of the movie. Uh, and maybe, you know, Amazon just really wanted to get something out there to start the hype train going for this series. Um, but yeah, I... I just don't know if this can can work on the small screen. I'm I'm hoping for the best. I'll definitely check it out, but my my expectations are um, firmly being kept in check. Like the the shot of this trailer that impressed me the most was not like the epic flyover where people are walking on mountains or like this guy that caught an arrow and then fling. I don't know. That, that kind of seemed like a little cheesy to me. It, to me, the the only cool shot was the ending shot where there was like this huge hand and a small hand kind of like wraps around like one of the fingers, almost like a baby. In a, how, I'm not sure why that imagery. I'm not even sure what that is. Like, is, is that a giant and a hobbit, or is that um, I don't know? Something about that imagery just like was captivating for me. But um, yeah, the rest of it didn't impress me too much. Did, did you see anything else in the trailer that you want to point out? I do think that there is some impressive production design here, and it does um, skew pretty closely to the look that Peter Jackson created for Middle Earth and for the various um, races and, and species of, and different kinds of fantasy characters that there are in there. Um, but, you know, obviously it's, it's the story that's going to matter the most and, uh, yeah. you know, whether or not that they can really flesh it out into a series that feels like it's on the same scale of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm still interested to see more of it. And no matter what, no matter what marketing comes out, I'm going to watch at least the first two episodes because the amount of money they've spent on this, like, I, I'm just so curious. I'm so curious to see what this is. Um, but speaking of so curious to see what this is, Jordan Peele's next film, Nope, I think we've only before last night have had a poster. Is is that correct, Brad? We had like a weird poster that showed like a sky and like a it almost looked like the the ending of Back to the Future 2 where there's like this um string of like uh Yeah, those the, the, the plastic colorful flags. Yeah. Yeah, so um so we didn't really have any idea what this is going to be other than like, you know, obviously a horror movie of some sort. And the uh, the first trailer came out last night and actually showed us a lot more of this movie than I was expecting them to reveal. That said, I still don't understand what it is or what it's about. What is your first impression of this trailer? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I love the mystery that's here and just how they're not really giving the game away just yet. I, I have full faith in Jordan Peele as a filmmaker now after get out and us and this looks like something that I just have to see for myself. And I hope that they don't, they don't give a lot away about the plot and that, you know, this kind of tease is enough to get people into 
theaters to see it just on the accolades of Jordan Peele and some, you know, out of context shots that look pretty creepy and, and unsettling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because the trailer starts out. I, it almost felt like, you know, Quentin Tarantino is once upon a time in Hollywood or something. Like it kind of had that feel with this being connected to cinematic history. And, you know, I'm still curious, like, what does that have to do with anything? What does it have to do with uh, that legacy? Yeah. Because they, 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 I don't know. It's interesting, but they, you know, the lights go out. Something is in the darkness. Something is in the sky whipping that person around. Brad, is it aliens? I mean, it certainly seems that way. You know, there's a shot of a hand that looks pretty alien-like. There's another shot with that that silhouette of what could easily be a UFO floating over someone that's that's running. I I, I have a feeling that it's going to be alien-related. Okay, well, I, I'm I'm already in. I don't. I feel like I don't even need to see another trailer for that one because just with Jordan Peele's name alone, he's like. How many filmmakers now at this point in time, Brad, can you name that you would be in without seeing any marketing for a movie? Like, I feel like for me, it's like Steven Spielberg, Christopher Nolan, um, Jordan Peele, Quinn Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson. Who am I missing? Who, who else I mean, would I you... would, me personally, I would say Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah. Martin, did you say Scorsese? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's a Martin. good one too. Um, I, I, I'm definitely uh, in for Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yes, even even the stuff they produce. Yeah, exactly. In for any of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I feel like there's like you know eight to ten of those names that are that are out there, and uh, Jordan Peele is now now ranks amongst those names. Uh, but okay, let's get let's get lastly to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, someone's gonna yell at us if we don't say James Cameron, probably. Yeah, I well, here's the thing about that. Yeah, people would yell. I would say actually maybe this even qualifies for Martin Scorsese too. That maybe I don't care about them if they direct documentaries. <laughs> I think that's fair. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking more, yeah, feature film, especially since when it comes to Cameron doing narrative features, it's happening uh, with a lot more and more years in between. Yeah, because I think there was a Cameron movie that came out, not the Abyss one, I saw that one, but there was another documentary that I did not see and I just have no interest. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's done like two or three uh, in between feature films. Yeah. Okay. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, this is the second trailer. The first one was on No Way Home. And before we dive into the details, Brad, what did you think of this trailer? Well, so I um, initially I saw the spot that played during the Super Bowl pregame first, which is essentially a shortened version of this trailer. So immediately in the uh, in the spot, they they include uh, one of the potentially spoilery details, which we'll dig into. And so I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me? And then I saw that there was a full trailer and I dove into that. And then I, I pretty much had confirmed my, my suspicion. So uh, yeah, this is a trailer that finally gets into like the weirder, darker Sam Raimi-esque uh, things that we're expecting from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And it's clear that this movie is going to get weird. <laughs> that That's what I think I like about this the most. First off, like, I was surprised at how dark this looks. Like, it looks darker than any of the other Marvel Cinematic Universe movies so far. 
And I like how psychedelic and weird things look. Uh, and yeah, yeah, there's, there's, a, some... there's a lot of trippy visuals in the original Doctor Strange, but this takes that and like really twists it in a gnarly way. Yeah, uh, and we see a little bit more of America Chavez, who's a new character in this. We, by the way, we have a whole article on uh, her. If you want to read what uh, who she is, uh, I'll link that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, there's like, <laughs> I'm not even sure what to what we can talk about. You know, let, let's just dive into the details. Let's just talk about some of the details here. So, and we'll, and we'll say, just in case, if you don't want to know anything about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, maybe stop listening. Because like, we're digging into some speculative stuff here, but there's definitely some very clear hints about what's going on in this trailer and certain things that will pop up and probably happen. So if you don't want to know anything, I would say maybe just, just go away at this point. Yeah. That said, we're not going to be relaying anything that has leaked or anything like that. Um, and, and well, as far as we know, like we're just speculating, like we yeah. don't necessarily know for sure. Like it, none of this is official is what we're saying. Yes. Okay. Uh, at one point during this trailer, there's like this minotaur looking guy. Do you know who that is? Yeah, it's, it's it really is a big green minotaur named Rintra. And uh, you actually can get a pretty good look at him uh, because there's a an action figure that uh, is in the process of being released. He's actually a Build-A-Figure. Uh, and for those of you that aren't into toy collecting, uh, the Marvel Legends line of figures, they do this thing where if you buy a collection of five or six action figures, each of them comes with a piece of another figure that you put together yourself. And the Build-A-Figure uh, in the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness line that's coming out this year uh, is this Minotaur Rintra. I hate when they do that, by the way. Didn't they do that with Thanos for, like, Infinity War or something? No, they didn't do a Build-A-Figure for, for Thanos, what thankfully. Did they do? What, what were the other ones they did? Because I know there was one that I really wanted, and I was like pissed off that i was like i'm not gonna buy all the figures for this um who i had a piece of him too or maybe they <laughs> did maybe they did do a build a figure for thanos actually you might be right they might yeah. have done it they might have done it for the infinity war thanos i think that's what it was i think it was infinity war and then Endgame. they actually came out with him yeah yeah um so wait is this a character from the comics yeah it's definitely a character from the comics so uh and if you're if you've been following uh dr strange then you definitely uh know who he is and uh yeah so he'll be a key supporting character in the sequel okay interesting okay so i think the biggest reveal of this trailer is that dr strange is arrested and he's being led by these ultron looking robots yeah they look like like ultron like in comic book form uh robots yeah, it's really strange. So I guess they're Ultron from a different multiverse, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he's led into this room, and there's all these people kind of in silhouette sitting on their thrones up cloaked. above. Cloaked. And uh, we're, I guess we have to assume this is the Illuminati? That's what it seems like. Uh, and we hear a, a voice, a uh, voiceover that is unmistakably... Patrick Stewart saying we should tell him the truth and the movement of the character who appears to be saying this certainly looks like one who has a bald head and is potentially moving uh, in, a, in a wheelchair in a very smooth uh, motion and Professor X is indeed part of this Marvel Comics organization known as the Illuminati 
Uh, and this organization also includes characters like Reed Richards from Fantastic Four and Superior Iron Man and several other uh, comic book characters. Uh, and based on this setup, it seems like Doctor Strange is going to uh, meet the Illuminati. It's, I would say for a company that did not re- reveal what they could have revealed for to sell Spider-Man No Way Home, it's really interesting that they are revealing that Patrick Stewart is reprising or is possibly reprising his role as Professor X in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's probably like something they can't get around as far as like what the plot is of Doctor Strange, because here they're already giving away the idea that like Doctor Strange is being held responsible for the spell casting he did that broke open the multiverse and is creating issues probably for several different universes aside from the the primary Marvel Cinematic Universe. So he's being held responsible for what's what's happening. So I would imagine that the the organization that is essentially basically policing what happens probably needs to be introduced and you can't really hide yeah. who, who they are. And if anything, it helps build hype for the movie because I'm sure plenty of people are going to be pumped to see an X-Men character like this included in the MCU. I, I wonder if they're going to be able to hide the other characters from being revealed before the movie comes out. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the big challenge because I, I and I, th- I think that's actually a big reason why they've opted to have all these characters cloaked so that when the time comes for us to see who the other members of the Illuminati are, it'll be a big dramatic reveal when they like pull their hoods down and you see who these other characters are. Um, and it'll, what'll be really interesting is to see, how much they dig into the characters that make up the Illuminati in Marvel comics. Because like I said, you know, there's Reed Richards and there's uh superior Iron Man version of Tony Stark. There's also a uh, black bolt from inhumans. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see uh, which, it, what kind of actors they get to play those roles, whether they are going to include the black bolt from Marvel's inhumans TV series and like confirm that maybe that took place in a different part Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, a different universe, if they'll have, you know, the, the potential future Reed Richards, uh, and if there's a different version of Tony Stark out there, you know, it's going to be, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what they do with that. Yeah, there's been some crazy rumors on who could be playing those characters going on, but I, I don't think it's our place to to put those out there, because we don't know if they're true. Yeah, or if you <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to look and find it, there's definitely rumors, rumors out there, and it would be uh, quite interesting if those came to fruition. Yeah, especially one of them is like a huge, huge, huge star. Um, okay, but the only other member of the Illuminati that I think Marvel and Disney is willing to tease here, I think you can kind of see them if you know it's them here. But if you look at the poster that they released, there is, there is a tease for one of these other Illuminati members. Yeah, so I'm thinking that they'll, based on the, tra- the trailer and the poster, They'll probably include Captain Carter as one of the Illuminati members because uh, there was a, a poster that was released alongside the trailer, and it's based. It features a whole bunch of shattered uh, glass shards representing like the breaking of the multiverse, essentially. And if you look carefully around, most of the shards feature just different versions, of, uh, different facial expressions of Doctor Strange and the the dark version of Doctor Strange, uh, which I think they're calling Defender Strange, uh, Wanda and Scarlet Witch and America Chavez and uh, Baron Mordo. But there is one shard that shows the shield of Captain Carter, which is 
the Captain America shield with the Union Jack UK flag on it instead of the uh, the typical star at the center of it. And we'd heard previously there were some kind of some teases from the uh, the team behind Marvel's What If animated series where Captain Carter originated in the MCU that you might see certain elements of the animated series crossover into live action. And this appears to be confirmation as much. It's interesting because even though we talked about what if every week on this podcast, I, I seriously didn't actually expect to see any of the characters from what if in live action. And the fact that Marvel is at least teasing that we're going to get her or strange Supreme. Is that even the same character similar? If, if anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's possible that it could be because there's, there's several versions of Dr. Strange that we'll likely see in this movie. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, at one point in the trailer, we see a set from WandaVision. We see like the nineties sitcom set from WandaVision. Of course we knew Wanda was going to be in it. And we also knew, uh, Monica Rambo is going to be in it. So, it's interesting to me, this this movie seems like the first movie that's coming out that's going to be like, see guys, you need to be watching the Disney Plus TV shows and take them seriously because they're going to be a part of this cinematic universe. I think that that's potentially true, but I also think there's a possibility that the movie will still include something that gives us like an abridged idea of like things that have happened Oh yeah, outside of the movies so that like it's not required that you have seen the entire series to really understand what's going on because I'm sure Disney and Marvel know like not everyone out there is watching all of the Marvel stuff as closely as we are so they have to make sure it makes sense for for everybody yeah I mean there's some things like you know the Thanos reveal at the end of the first Avengers movies where you clearly do not know who that is unless you've read the comics there's no explanation of that, but they explain who he is later on, right? In in, in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I feel like this is going to be like any Hollywood sequel, where like the stuff that you need to know is give the information is given to you, um, and it will reward fans that actually saw the things. Um, there'll, there'll be things that like you know moments that maybe that fans of WandaVision or what if will get something more out of, but I, I don't think it's going to be like, Oh, I don't understand what's going on. If I haven't seen those, yeah. at least I hope. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think we've covered pretty much all of it. There is a breakdown on the site. So if you want to, you know, dive into every single frame, go check that out. If you want to see the poster, I'll link that as well. And um, yeah, any any last thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse Madness? I don't think so. I think we pretty much uh, pretty much covered it. Okay, uh, you can find more of all of our work slashroom.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at slashroom.com. And please rate and review this podcast on Apple. Tell your friends, spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow.